This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in, kids. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind, every Sunday, 5 to 7. I was gone last week. Mike took over with uh, Jake Bachoven. How'd the show go? Uh, it went excellent, actually. We uh, we had an old friend of mine on, talked a little Husker hoops, and I just got verification from a gentleman we're going to talk some Husker hoops with tonight. Uh, so Bernard Day was here last week with us in one of the segments, and then uh, Mr. Eric Strickland's going to join us tonight. So. Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Husker Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, uh, he's one pretty of good. Yeah, he's really good, and uh, we'll talk a lot of Husker basketball on the show tonight. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, of course, some Husker football. Bye week. What'd you do with your bye week? Uh, haunted houses, uh, to no surprise to anybody that knows me and Tracy. Uh, we went up and saw Shadow's Edge. It's the haunted house that's in front of Mangelson's, and it's been there for many, many years, and it's their last year. And so to get up and go through it one last time for Tracy, she's probably been through it 30 times, and that was actually my first time through. Nice. Went with a good buddy of mine, Tig, and his girlfriend, Brittany, and uh, we had a blast. And um, Do you mind if people stop by the house and look at your display? Absolutely not. We'll... Uh, I went, on the the Sunday before Halloween, I'll I'll let people know the the general part of the neighborhood to uh, to drive by and trust me, you'll you'll find us. And you dress up every year. Oh yeah, I'm shaggy. You got the you got shaggy and uh, you are shaggy and you dress up every year. You've got the accent uh, yeah, with it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, shaggy has a weird voice. Um, How would I, you describe it? Is that more Australian? Is it Australian? It's, is it? He's, a, he's it's a kind little, of a strange voice. He, it, it is. He's a little deranged and he's got a weird accent. <laughs> and I think he's from like Narnia. Um, I don't know. It's fun though. And your display, I go by every year. I bring my guys, uh, yeah, yeah. uh that I hang out with, uh, do a little mentoring and I bring my guys every year and they love it. Yeah. So yeah. And the tra- Tracy uh, dresses up as hell no kitty, uh, and makes her own costume. And, and, uh, yeah, we, it's every year, Shaggy Sinister Circus. We have a good time. And, um, so yeah, lots and lots of fun, but yeah, that's, that's how we spent, uh, the, uh, the bye weekend was enjoying, uh, not working on Halloween stuff and enjoying the hard work others uh, put in. I wish I would have been able to do the show with you last week because uh, the Huskers did win. Uh, it was ugly. It was really ugly, but they did was. win 20 to 7. They probably should have won that game, I don't know, 35 to 7 or 40 something. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they would have just taken a knee in many cases when they got in field goal range, they would have won that thing 30 to 7, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, they fumbled. So many different, well, a couple of times uh, that were big for the running back position when they, and they missed a field goal, uh, obviously in that game, a lot of it due to the wind. It was windy that night, uh, but a good win as it turned out to be because hey. Illinois comes back this week and they beat Maryland. Tell me a win that's bad. I mean, seriously. I mean, well, I guess we, we used to complain maybe even in the Bo Pelini era about ugly wins. I don't know yeah. why you would ever complain as a Husker fan right now right now, about no. any sort of And win. the funny thing is, the vast majority of people were complaining, and I was upset with what happened in the game, and I told Bach I felt guilty because like, I, I was mad because of how poorly they played. But it's like, what the hell am I worried about, man? They won the game. Get yeah. over it. So we'll talk uh, a lot of Husker football on the show. As you mentioned, the Hall of Famer Eric Strickland has a show on this particular network as well, uh, 93.7 The Ticket. On the block. The t- on the block. Uh, every weekday and so we'll talk we'll get his takes on Husker basketball they've got a preseason all big 10 player in Keisei Tamanaga and of course he made their Olympic team the Japanese Olympic team and not the three-on-three team that he's made in the past talking about the the regular Olympic team and they're going to be in the Olympics they have qualified for the Olympics in uh, Nebraska basketball pick 12th I might have an argument with that but we'll talk uh, a lot about Husker basketball uh, a little bit later here in about 20 minutes with Eric Strickland. Um, we'll talk about the ceiling for Husker hoops. Uh, next hour, Husker volleyball with Tanya Taki. Uh, hey, they're good. It, as it turns out, they're really, really good. and still undefeated, 17-0. They sweep Penn State for the, was the third time in a row they've swept the Nittany Lions, yeah. which is crazy when yeah, you think about it, it how is. good uh, Penn State is even this year. Uh, but Nebraska has dominated. As much as they've been dominated by Wisconsin – they have done the same to Penn State, but uh, don't look now because Nebraska plays Wisconsin next Saturday. Next Saturday, they have Northwestern, I believe, on Tuesday. Yeah, is that right? Yep. So, um, so there you go. We'll talk a lot of Husker volleyball. I want to start here 
uh, with the opening kickoff. By the way, the opening kickoff brought to you by us. As soon as we get a sponsor, it might be the sponsor of the opening kickoff. That's, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Here's the opening kickoff. Flasher will kick it off for Oklahoma. The Sooners are in white. We are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we are ready to go. <laughs> uh, Keith Jackson, man. We are ready to go. I, I will. That may not be the final version of the opening kickoff. We might have yeah, a montage. We're, 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 and actually, that we found it, but thanks to Austin. Austin is amazing. Two years in, to, this, this show is still a work in progress. Well, but uh, yeah, the opening kickoff, here's Mike Miller. The show will be a work in progress. <laughs> That's right. Here's uh, Mike Let's Miller. see here. Uh, you mentioned Casey Tominaga named second team preseason All-Big Ten. Uh, and then to add to kind of some Nebraska basketball news, Media Day was uh, this earlier this week, and, and Fred had a lot to say. Uh, it, it was kind of interesting having C.J. Wilcher there, Rick Mast, Josiah Alec. All of them were characters. I think they were all uh, very welcomed by the media. Uh, but then on Friday of this week, Nebraska basketball picks up their first 2025 commitment. It is from Lincoln Southwest wing Braden Frager. I believe it's Frager. I think that's right. And uh, the last Lincolnite to sign with Nebraska out of high school. Do you know who that was? The year was 2001. And he has spent a lot oh, of time with Kent, Jake Muehlheiser. Yeah, with Kent Jake recently. I should know that. There Jake's a go. buddy of mine. There you go. Uh, so, uh, kind of some interesting. Remember, we used to do games for KLIN. I think we had Jake on the broadcast yeah. several times after Numerous games. Numerous times. I, he was one that I thought, man, this guy has a chance to be in the business. The other one, Nick Baugh who yeah. we would interview all the yep. time. I, I, and you just knew that he was going to be in media. And, of course, he turned out to be the bigger bigger star of all of it. Well, Jake's pretty big up there, but I would say uh, Nick Boz right there behind him. Yeah, interesting thing from Big Ten Media Days with basketball earlier this week was I, I thought back to the 90-91 season when Danny Nee sat down and his opening statement was something along the lines of, what the hell is wrong with you guys? You picked us last. Have you not looked at our roster? Right. Do you know how old we are? Now, Hoiberg didn't say that, but I really felt like he should have. Why are we 12th? They're the most experienced team in the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, they're the old. I, I, that's, I don't buy into 12th. I've got, I'm, I've, I've got a lot of go? really. If, pot- it's, if not 12th, what would you? Would 10 be good with you? No. Eight? No. Seven. Six? Seven. Seven for the bottom. That seems crazy. I, I, if they, if they get things going, and avoid injuries this year, I feel like Nebraska basketball could. And I get it. I'm drinking early Kool Aid, and there's not a lot of reason to do so outside of about 15 games yeah. uh, in the last four years. But I, I have this feeling. I it just what I've heard, what you see, the inside stuff that we really don't share a lot. But I have a feeling this team will have the potential. In the in the middle part of February, to be playing for a first round bye in the Big Ten tournament, I want to see which would put them fourth. I, I I know Jamarcus Lawrence will be playing some point guard this year, and you know Eulis, who knows, he might get cleared by the NCAA. You never know. Uh, Iowa, it looks like one of their defensive linemen may get cleared down the road. They'd have a lot, and he was involved in the yeah. the the scandal as well. Uh, but it looks like the NCAA might have their hands tied on this. I don't know where it's going on this. But it feels like the NCAA is being pushed in a direction they don't want to go. Yeah. Uh, because gambling is so prevalent throughout our country uh, that anybody that has a phone and has an app can gamble. And I think the NCAA is learning that maybe they're being a little rigid on this. As long as you didn't bet on your, your team. And I don't think Ulysses did. Yeah, he did. Not on the basketball team, but he bet on Iowa sports, which means, uh, I mean, if you bet on your school, any event that your school participates in, it is an automatic indefinite yeah. suspension or permanent suspension. We'll see. We'll and see it, where it goes. It, it, you um, know what? It, I like the fact that they've kept him around, uh, I, kept him involved in the program. They, they say he's a pretty decent coach as a player. Um, I think he I, could still help this team. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where I it goes. I don't know. I, I don't think they need him. So, um, I think they need all hands on deck. I, I just don't know that they have a point guard yet. And maybe Jamarcus Lawrence will prove me long, well, I get wrong. It. But, but that's the whole thing. Fred's not running a, a show with a point guard. Yeah, you could say that. So, uh, But I'd rather have one. I mean, two, two, of, it, well, the two of his point guards that he brought in, uh, Cam Mack and Alonzo Verge, were basically the cancers on the team. So I'll take a non-point guard right now. <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> got you, so you want a guy that doesn't handle the basketball. Just bring the damn thing up. Go react off what the defense is giving you and go score some points. All right. We'll uh, see. Big week for Nebraska baseball as well. 
They pick up a commitment from left-hand pitcher Luke Broderick from Iowa Western Community College. He was an Elkhorn Mount Michael graduate. And then it was the Red-White uh, series this week. Red takes the deciding game three by a score 9-4. to four. Uh, it, it was Monday through Wednesday because of weather. Then Friday, Husker assistant coaches Lance Harvell and Mike Sirianni were recognized by D1 Baseball as two of the top 100 assistant coaches on the rise. That's pretty impressive. And how Rob, well, you know what, Rob Childress, I finally figured out why Rob Childress was not included because it says assistant coaches on the rise. He's not exactly he's on the in, rise because he's he's literally one of the best no. assistant coaches there is yeah, in college yeah, baseball. he's been one of the best head coaches in college baseball. Exactly. Uh, football team picked up a preferred walk-on commit from, for the 2024 class, by the way, uh, from Blair's Bodie Sukup. Uh, that happened on Monday. And then volleyball team improves to 17-0, winning two games this weekend at the Devaney Center. Friday night over Michigan, three sets to one, and then a sweep of number 13 Penn State last night. Friday night, it was the Andy Jackson show. Uh, she finished the night with 13 kills and five blocks, and it was just a terror uh, for the Spartans. Merritt Beeson added 13 kills and three blocks as well. Merritt matched those stats last night, 13 kills, three blocks, and then uh, Lindsey Krause had 13 kills. Let me ask you this. Favorite freshman, and you can't say Murray. You can't say Harper Bergen, Murray. Bergen Riley. Bergen Riley is your yeah. favorite freshman? Yeah. Fr- from a standpoint of what she brings to the team? She's the quarterback. Yeah. yeah she, you, you've got a freshman quarterback that is realistically has just as good a shot as anybody of being first-team All-American. Yeah. And she sets middles better than I've seen any setter and, in quite a while. a lot of it has to do with, and, and we can ask Tanya about this when she comes on next hour at 625, um, I think it's because of her chemistry with Andy Jackson um, from playing on all of these national teams. And they're still developing. You can see that they're still, and they yeah. say that all the time, they're still developing that chemistry. It's not perfect all the time. Their service errors are still out of yeah. whack. I mean, and some of just the attacking errors uh, won't go. I mean, it, that you won't beat Wisconsin this week if you play like that. You've got to serve it a little bit better. I think they still could I, if they played better in every other area. Race car uh, area. driving by. There's sorry, a, sorry. Is a race car driving by? Yeah, IMC modified just drove by on a trailer. I, I got excited. No, but I, so. I, 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 we're excited because we're on O Street now. We're eleventh and O. Our new studios. We had the open house earlier this week. You were here. Two, yeah, a week ago Thursday. Week yeah. ago Thursday. Um, um, I did not get to come, but I was, heard it was amazing. It was packed. Great. Oh man, Mary Ellen's <laughs> like food for the soul. Is that it, what they're Mary Ellen's is? food for the soul? And it's down um, across Pine Lake from uh, South Point. They catered. They catered it just absolutely stunning. Uh, pulled pork. Um, I'll be honest with you. The line was too long for me to ever stand in line to, to get the food. Did you um, snag I, some anyway? I, I No. I, I, I partook in the other favors that were going around the party. So um, the, the, the I couldn't make it. I, I, had, a, I, I had a nice Chardonnay. So nice. Well, yeah, we're going to have adult beverages at one time for the, you know, on a regular basis down here. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the, uh, yeah, there's a liquor license. So. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's hey, what happens. You want to come down and hang license. out, and we're on the air, and the mill is open. Uh, you can drink some coffee, have an adult beverage, have uh, uh, Beatrice Bakery's uh, fruitcakes or Grandma's fruitcakes. They're all here. They're in the cooler. That's my hope uh, on a regular basis down the road here uh, within the next couple of months that we have just in guests, guests in the studio all the time. I can tell you this. Um, one of the things, the, the finish line that Rebecca and I did uh, for the summer that was our racing show that followed this show. That was a great show. show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, one thing that we did that we changed kind of the norm of the way a sports talk show goes, we didn't do a segment. We didn't do an interview. We brought in co-hosts. Every week, uh, I would say, outside of the week, we had Jade Evadizian on, who, by the way, won the Extreme Outlaw Midget uh, Championship last night. So uh, super young. What She's the winningest driver in uh, Extreme Outlaw Midgets, but the series is only a couple of years old. Uh, but, but the young lady, I think, uh, the... Nothing's public yet, but she's going cup or not cup racing. She's going to NASCAR uh, and doing some pavement racing and is going to try to go through somebody's uh, tree to get up. But she's insanely talented. But outside of her and a couple others, literally every guest we had was in studio for the whole hour. And it was such a different dynamic. It was fun. It, it I was. Heard it. it was so, great. Uh, yeah, if we, that's something maybe we ought to start. Just seeing if uh, we, we're we closer should, to a lot of the, the coaches sure. now, too. Sure. Um, obviously, we've had Lance Harvell on the air. Uh, and in studio before, but I'd like to do that on a regular basis. Bring Jalen Reyes in. Bring Tanya Taki in. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, just just hang out. Straight. The, the Come fun on thing in. is, yeah, yeah. We'll, what we'll do is we'll just do 
their segment like we normally would, and they can just be the third voice for absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, do you want to go stadium and the money? Do you want to go? What direction? That's kind of where here? I thought about starting here because that was one of the things that happened this week, and I've talked to a number of people that have donated to whether you know the Go Big project or NIL or whatever it happens to be or they have a skybox and they paid a lot of money for it and they're being asked to donate again. And here we, you know, we come up on a, a project that Trev Alberts is asking donors to pay, you know, $500 million for it. They think they can raise a lot of the money in house and they have some trust fund money apparently available, but they're, they're asking Husker nation to divvy up $500 million for a brand new Memorial stadium for a renovated Memorial Stadium. They're talking about a hotel and restaurants and going from 90,000 to about 75,000 or maybe even 70,000. You know, we're getting our butts are getting bigger every year. So they want to make the seats a little bigger. They want to revamp the the South Stadium completely, which has never been redone. Well, it's not even going to be revamped. It's going to be demolished demolished. and rebuilt. Yeah. They're going to have to do that during the season at some point. Yeah. Uh, So. That, that takes a lot of money, and you're already talking about a lot of money that's been paid for the Go Big project. And that, that facility is, is going to be the best in the nation. But it's not good enough because now you need uh, a revamping of Memorial Stadium, and who knows what else is going to go on. I mean, NIL is not cheap to do it right. Nope. And I, I really think that's where Nebraska should be focusing their money right now. Not revamp. I, I know the fans are important and the sellout streak and – keeping that intact and all those things. But there's only so much money to go around, and I'm not sure that this is the right time to spend another half a billion dollars. You just mentioned NIL and how important it is. If the NIL pool and pot was big enough, Brandon Baker would be a Nebraska commit. But Texas is paying him reportedly, I, I heard, $2 yeah. million a year for a $2 million yeah. deal to go there. I've heard every, every one of their offensive linemen automatically gets... 50 grand to start. Well, I, 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 it's all hearsay. We, we don't have any concrete proof, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty concrete. Do, do, you, do you need Brandon Baker or do you need fans not sitting on wooden bleachers? I'm just asking, asking for a friend. I don't mind eventually going down this road and revamping Memorial Stadium, but I'd like to see Nebraska win. They're the last team in Power Five that has not been to a bowl game. It's yeah. been since, since 2016. 2016. And I think it'll be this year. I really do. I th- but by the way, this is going to be the easiest schedule probably in our lifetime. Yeah. These last six games that we're halfway well, through the stadium. <laughs> maybe not. You got to go back to some of those big eight days, man. When when the, the next best team besides Nebraska and Oklahoma finished the season okay, at seven, the, seven and four. These last six games will be the easiest games for the rest of our lifetime. There you go. I'll give you that. Uh, uh, from here absolutely. on out. Well, um, and, the th- and the thing is, I don't think e- you or I are either one of us are saying the stadium doesn't need the renovations and what they're going to do. I think it's a great plan. I think they've got a lot of fantastic amenities. They've got new revenue streams that's going to help them in the future, which to to not sit there and just continually ask the same people for money all the time. I get all of that. But at the same time, to your point, Tom, I you know what? Maybe make a bowl game, maybe win 10 games, maybe get into the 12 team college football playoff. But Time is not necessarily on their side from the standpoint of, of when they announced what was going on and how they planned on doing it. So yeah. it's going to happen now, and away we go. I, I just wonder if, if now is the right time. And maybe that's your job as the athletic director to say, hey, we need to improve the stadium. And they, you know they did that big survey of, of fans and asked them what they want to see improved. And I'm sure Memorial Stadium does need an overhaul. The game day experience needs to be better, especially when you're asking Husker fans to pay the prices that they're paying. Um, I just don't know that to do it all at once right now is the place you ought to go when you're talking about Nebraska not having made a bowl game since 2016, which is ridiculous. I never thought I'd say that. I'm saying that. And I'm not, I don't know. They've got to win three more games to get to a bowl game this year. And it's not going to be easy because they don't have any running backs and wide receivers. (laughs) <laughs> True. <laughs> they just don't. Um, but I guess Ohio State can say the same thing right now. They were down to uh, their fourth team running back in their win over Purdue. It didn't seem to bother them. They still went 41-7. to Lots of Oscar football to talk about today. Uh, but in the meantime, we want to talk uh, for the next 20 minutes or so 
Husker basketball. Do a oh, Husker yeah. basketball preview. Picked uh, 12th in the conference, the preseason poll. Um, is that the... It wasn't an official, right? It was a it was an undercover media poll, I believe. No, I think was it was it, it. It wasn't like the football one. I think it was yeah. actually okay. somebody's poll. Yeah, it wasn't like the Cleveland Plain Dealer one where no. it was double secret probation if they ever found out. But uh, we will talk about it. Uh, is twelfth right for Nebraska? What strict think? We'll talk a little Husker basketball. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens. More after this. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Mike Melby, Tom Stevens to my right. And as we like to say in the radio business, uh, Tom is efforting and I believe he's now locked in Oh, he's uh, the greatest high school athlete in the history of uh, the state of Nebraska, Eric Strickland. He's the best. Hey, Strick, how are you? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you? Doing We're well. We're good. What's new uh-huh. with you? So where did, where did you fly into ultimately today? Uh, I'm in Baltimore. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew you were on the East Coast. So are you- yeah, I'm in Baltimore right now. Um, um, an old buddy of mine that used to uh, play with me when I was in the uh, – <clears throat> Um, when I played with the Florida Marlins, he was, he ended up going into the bigs. I mean, I, I, I know the encyclopedia brain over there of Mike Melby would probably remember this scenario, but um, um, his name is Tony Saunders. And Tony Saunders was, um, uh, he was a, he was a left-handed pitcher from the uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, had a tremendous changeup, And he probably, I, I want to say he was a middle reliever. And he was on the uh, on the mound, and he threw his arm out, like literally on a pitch. So like his like arm came out of socket on a pitch. If you guys ever remember seeing I, that, I actually do it, it. And it it was similar, but obviously a lot different. When Dave Dervecki uh, had his forearm snap. Oh, uh, when he was thrown, but it, it it reminded me of that just simply because it was it yeah that was yeah yikes did you ever, yeah. did you ever have any baseball injuries Strick? Um, I did not. Yeah, I didn't have any. Um, you know, I was pretty good on the baseball side. I mean, you know, just little little knick knickknack stuff like sliding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff like that you get, but no, nothing nothing major. He's the Hall of Famer. Uh, played some great basketball both at Nebraska and in the NBA. And now hosts a show called On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I'm sure you've seen Nebraska pick 12 uh, in the preseason poll. Does that feel right to you for Husker Hoops this year? Um, I mean, I, I, would, I would venture to say, yeah, you got to prove it, right? I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think there's been instances where they've gotten the benefit of the doubt. And I think there's been instances when they had it, but I think it's I think it's to a point now where they're looking at it that they overachieved last year in, in a lot of ways, uh, but still found themselves like hovering right at the same place that they had been, um, not the bottom, but dang near there, and then just still not able to get over the hump of it. So it's just kind of one of those things now. You you know, show me. And so I think they've got the team, the makeup of the team to do it, but it's just going to be a matter of them going out and just uh, proving it. I think the schedule sets up very well for them, you know, just being honest. Totally agree. Strick, I want to ask you about, does the narrative to Nebraska being picked 12th change if Nebraska knocks off Minnesota in the first round of the Big Ten tournament last year, and I believe that would have then gotten them an NIT bid? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that like all of a sudden? Because like to me right now, I'm, I told Tom earlier, I'm a I'm a seventh place guy right now. I'm going to put him at the bottom of the top half. Is my prediction for like what I think that the they can do and a ceiling being a first round buy in the the Big Ten tournament. But right, I, I think that may have been the prognostication if they had been able to figure out uh, a way to to not let that Minnesota game slip away. Yeah, and I think that was huge as far as for you know their expectations coming into this year. I think that was a 
that would have given them a tremendous boost in the eyes of those watching, you know, just to really put on a show. I mean, yes, they did, they did well uh, towards the, down, down the stretch to, to, to prove that they could play, but then you lose, you lose probably one of the better halves of uh, 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 better pieces of your team and Derek, Derek Walker. And so, in the minds of those who are watching, uh, us included, you know, how are you going to replace that? I think Rick Mass has potential to be a tremendous asset for the team uh, because of his ability to stretch the floor, uh, his ability to shoot the three. He can pass. Uh, but I also think there's guys that probably we're still not fully sure about, some of the, guys, the new guys that are coming. Uh, obviously, uh, Ramel Lloyd uh, Jr., and and uh, you know uh, a couple of the new the newcomers, and how far is Jamarcus uh, Ru- Russell? I mean, not Russell, Jamarcus Lawrence. <laughs> always, always do that. I do too. Jamarcus Lawrence. How 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 well is he going to step up? And uh, you know how are they going to play positions? They're going to have uh, a lot of a wide range of ability to play a lot of different players and combinations and throw a lot of things at you, then you've got Juwan Gary coming back. So it's, it's still a lot of uncertainty. So when you're just looking at it on paper, it looks good. But how is that all going to mesh and gel together? That's, that's kind of where there's some uncertainties. But I think it's great fodder. I think it's great fodder for him, guys. You know, use that as ammunition. That's, what I, that's the way I would look at it. Well, Strick, you played nine years in the NBA. Sometimes you brought the ball up. You brought the ball up a lot. And, and it's more of an NBA system under Fred Hoiberg where it doesn't really seem to matter as much. I mean, you're going to see Rink Mass bring up the ball from time to time. Uh, but they're asking Jamarcus Lawrence to be the point guard on this team. He's never played point guard, not even in high school. Uh, how can mm-hmm. you think about that? Yeah, um, this, is, this is why, I mean, I understand that part as far as the initiation of offense. But I really think with this team, it should be get it and go. Like, this is a get-it-and-go type of team because you have a lot of people that can handle the ball. Don't – don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look for one person. I'm out. I'm looking for easy opportunities. I think we can all agree that last year was uh, – there were a lot of instances where had they pushed and probed more, they missed some opportunities to get some easier buckets. And then they're, now they're fighting against – uh, you know, defenses that are set and solid and, and trying to run that free-flow offense, then the free-flow offense requires you to make sound decisions and sound judgments and right cuts and read and respond. And, you know, you got to do a lot of that stuff so it could provide a lot of thinking. You get it and go. I mean, look, if the numbers don't work for you, get as deep as you can. You got guys like Rick Mass that can shoot. You got guys like Tamanaga and Wilcher back-flowing. Those are easy opportunities. I would much rather take those than, than late second, second clocks trying to get something, find something, throw something up. Well, and from what you're saying about the, the standpoint of, you know what, let's just go ahead and whoever gets the ball, if it's left side or right side of the key, whoever is on that side, it makes no difference where the point guard is. Just get whoever it is the ball outside of probably Blaze Kata and Matar Jop. Yeah. Even Rick Mast, I think, could bring the ball up the floor. But I, I like your analogy of, you know what, get it and go. That said, when you look at this roster, how deep it is and how just varied they could play, they can go ahead and play with a, the smallest lineup you could ever dream of on the floor, and they could put a 6'10", a 6'10", a 6'11", a 6'8", and a 6'7". Or excuse me, two 6'8s on the floor. You know what I mean? So they, yeah. they can go all all different directions. That also means that there's going to be a ton of guys not playing 35 minutes a game. Do you think he incorporates a larger rotation than a seven eight man rotation because he's got that yeah. much depth? I would, and that's and that's even the more why blow your tank. That's that's even the more because it's going to create more rotation opportunities. Blow your tank. If you're not blowing your tank, I'm going to come get you anyway. So blow your tank. Give me all you got, then we're going to rotate. But I think also the benefit of Tamanaga playing internationally, Mass playing internationally, and then them going and playing internationally without big men, I think those are all beneficial things because it it gives you the opportunity to do what you just said, throw all these different lineups in there, uh, mid-level size guys, and go at it. 
And so, you, yeah, I, I think that's uh, those are those are that was an important point you just made. But um, I, I think rim run. I think uh, Jop and and uh, um, Kata are rim run guys. Just straight down the middle, deep penetration, shot fake penetration, post, get it till you finish. You know those type of things with those guys. You know it, it's gonna get everybody touches. They'll feel good about their running because you want to touch them when they when they run their butts off and get down there and get good position, get them the ball. So, I, but I'm not the coach, so I'm not. I don't know what that system is going to be, but just looking at the the makeup of the team, that's kind of how I would view it. Eric Strickland, the Hall of Famer, played nine years in the NBA. I've got my starting lineup. Jamarcus Lawrence. It sounds like they're going to make him the point guard. He's a starter. Bryce Williams, another big guard, and then uh, Casey Tamanaga. So three guards. Even though Bryce Williams is a really big guard. Then you got Jawan Gary and Rick Mass. And then uh, probably Wiltshire, Alec, and uh, Jerron Coleman off the bench. That's your top eight. Do you agree with that? I mean, I, I would be okay with it. And I think I think that that would be good for C.J. Wiltshire. So he can come in knowing that he could be that second guy. Um, that's going to require him to, you know, fill it up a little bit. And find the rim. So... Uh, I like that. I like Alex um, as, as defense. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. As far as defense and, you know, protecting, I think they got more guys than they did um, at any point in time that protects the rim. I think he does that. Uh, he's going to be uh, pretty good in, in doing that. So I think they're going to be I – think, I think they may even be better defensively. If they keep the same mindset – that they established over last year, which was that uh, that mentality of, of locking guys down and shedding guys and, and really getting after it. If they can keep that same mentality, um, it could be good for them. Really could. Joining us on the Aloe VIP line is Mr. Eric Strickland. He's the Husker Hall of Famer VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Strick, the, uh, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about like the, the lineups that we could throw out. Um, the way you were talking about it, I immediately went back to kind of my background where I spent a lot of time on the air calling hockey games. I think Fred's going to have the ability to just do line changes. I think he's got a team yeah. enough. I, he, he can sit there and take those top five, whoever they may be, and go, guys, uh, you've been on the floor for four minutes, and you, you're, you, it's all in shifts. And once the game progresses and some guys are going to be hot, some guys are going to have an off night, some guys are going to get yeah. in trouble and you're going to whittle it down at the end of the game, the best five that night are going to play. And I, I know Fred mentioned it in the press conference at Big Ten Media Days. I'm not concerned with who starts. I'm concerned with who finishes the game. And yeah, I, I, I agree. To me the most mm -hmm. important thing. When yeah, I agree. Real quick, from the standpoint of the physicality and the defensive-mindedness, Josiah Alec, to me, is the linchpin in that defensive mentality. He wasn't here last year, but he plays like he should have been. That's just his game. Um, what do you think he brings to the team specifically? Because um, it may not be a ton of points. Right. Well, he's going to bring a lot of energy, right? And he's coming back home. He's coming back to, you know, to, to the home front. So he's going to play with tremendous passion and just – like you said, be the linchpin, be the anchor of that defense on the backside. That's that's what they're going to have to do. I think that's an important element to the success of this team because uh, I think they, I think last year one of the things that we worried about is whether or not they could score, right? Um, and and in what in what clips they could score. I think this team is going to be a little bit different in that um, they're going to be able to score a little bit more than what we expect. Um, I think I think they're going. They've got guys who are a little bit more creative outside of Tamanaga, so um, I think you're going to see a little bit different team. Uh, Fred Fred has alluded to the fact that he feels that this team is probably the best that he's had since he's been here. So we're going to see. It's going to it's coming right you know, a few weeks away. We're going to find out very uh, quickly. One of the things I'm really excited about, uh, Eric, is the fact that this team looks like it could be. A a pretty good rebounding team. And I'm thinking back to some of those early Danny Knee teams that you put on, you know, guys like King and Farmer and Owens and Reed. There were nights where Nebraska could just throw it up there and then go get it. Uh, could out, could get four or five rebounds in a row and just hammer people on the boards. It feels like there could be nights like that this year. 
Yeah, I do believe that. I do believe that. They're very athletic. So, <clears throat> so being that they're athletic, they're going to be able to do a lot of things. They were scrappy last year. The guys that were doing the most scrapping, though, were the ones that got injured. So, unfortunately, that was the case, but it's still uh, a little bit more uh, grittiness. And you saw that from the way that they played when they went over Spain. Hey, Strick, talking about the schedule, you've got 11 non-conference games. Creighton, to me, is probably the most difficult of those 11 games. But when I go through the other 10, I'm scratching my head if I see more than maybe one loss. I get it. You know, they lost the bye games a couple, you know, for however many straight years. Well, they didn't lose a bye game last year, but they have got a relatively easy non-conference schedule. Do they have the potential to go 10 and 1? I, I, I think they do. That's what I was saying. It's very favorable. Um, a lot of it's at home. One, one neutral site which isn't too bad. It's right up the road. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very favorable. Uh, I think at worst case, um, two losses. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to pull that off. But they've got a chance. It, it's, it's very it's, – it's, it's fit for them. Let me just say that. Yeah, they've got Oregon State up in Sioux Falls at the Stanford Pentagon, Sanford Pentagon, and then their only road game in the non-con. Is, is K-State. What, why are we playing down there two years in a row, Strand? Did you have fair. anything to do with that? <laughs> no. No, no. I didn't have anything to do with that. I have to put that on Cluster and blame him since his go. son's down there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Strick, we want to have you back for sure during the season and maybe talk some football as well down the road. Absolutely, man. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm about to go in here and give me a couple tacos. There you go. Heck, yeah. Where are you going to get your – where do you get your tacos? No, I'm, I'm here in, Anna, in, in Annapolis right now. It's a place that I just walked through called Vita Taco Bar. So I'm just going to go in here and grab a cup. Well, tell me that you just gave him a shout-out on the, on the radio. And the, the oh, dang it. I apologize. I didn't even mean that. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I'm down in Annapolis right now. Uh, I'm doing a little golf event for charity. And, uh, and so I'll be back on Tuesday. How's the swing? You swinging it pretty well? Yeah. Uh, I hit it good yesterday. Uh, we came in third place. I played another one uh, before I left town. Uh, we came in third place, and then I, I won a pin award where I hit it closer to the pin, so I, I do okay. Nice. nice. Well, I bet he hits it a mile. Uh, Strick, thanks for the time. We'll have you back soon. Appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all have a good day. Yep, safe go. travels, man. Husker right. Hall of Famer, nine years in the NBA, host of On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I want to talk a little more about your starting lineup uh, and uh, what you think is reasonable. I, I heard you say seven when you were talking to Strick. It, yeah, you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I think they're a top half of the, the Big Ten at the end of the season. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, more after this. It's Husker Rewind. This is Sunday Rewind. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. Thanks for joining us. A lot of Husker football talk, even on tonight's show. Of course, uh, this week we do have a game. Didn't last week. Uh, Mike was in with Jake Bachhoven, and they talked about the Nebraska win over Illinois. Big win, because that, that could have gone either way. And it's one of those that I thought... Nebraska would have lost in years previous. Um, by the way, did you see Matt Rule's speech? It was all on Twitter and social media. The speech that he gave before the Illinois game. Yeah, I did. Um, great speech. It really was. It was one that that uh, you know, you, you you hear it, you see it, and you're like, man, where's the wall? Because I want to go run I think through it. Kevin Durant tweeted about it. Yeah, he retweeted that uh, like, speech. That was that's it. That was a great speech and. I cannot make speeches. Um, I would be, you know, like, hey, stop sucking. You know, <laughs> go out there and please stop sucking. Um, but that probably doesn't motivate guys. But he's really good, I think, Matt Rule, at, you know, let's eliminate the excuses. It was that way a couple of weeks ago. You know, oh, hey, coach, I'm, I'm thinking too much, you know, after the Michigan game. Stop. Just stop. And that was his response. Just go out there and have fun and play and stop. Stop. 
the one interesting comment that came out of the one of the pressers, either after Illinois or at some point this last week, he made a comment. I cannot wait until we're down fourteen nothing again to see what we learned. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, um, I, I don't know a lot of head coaches that would say that publicly, uh, but uh, that's one of the the refreshing things about him, I guess. I I I, I, and I, I enjoy that just raw honesty. Yeah. And the view behind the scenes. And Steve Sippel, who's a good friend of our show, Sip and Jake, with Bill Bush in the mornings, uh, early break here on 93.7 The Ticket. And then, uh, of course, all the fantastic writing that he does for for On3 and Husker uh, <clears throat> 24-7. Sip had a great article that was like, hey, pay attention to what he says because he's saying some stuff. He's talking to his, as a lot of coaches do, he's talking to his team when yeah. he talks to the media. Yeah. And... He's just a good CEO. Um, it may not work because it hasn't. Nothing Nebraska football has done over the last several years has worked. Uh, but I'm more confident than I have been in a while that this could work. Um, now he got to get, he's got to get better players, and Nebraska's been decimated at the wide receiver and running back position. Uh, but so is Ohio State. Every team has injuries. Move guys around, find the pieces, put them where they're effective, and win a game that you should win against Northwestern. Yeah, that's all they should be focused on. You know, Northwestern this week, and, and that's interesting because that's gonna that obviously we're, we. I love that we brought back your uh, segment from years and years ago called "Picks of Density." Yes, that we're gonna do it again. We're gonna uh, do that next hour, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do it next hour. But Nebraska's an eleven-point favorite, and does that surprise that you? That surprised me. I thought Nebraska would be more like a four-point favorite. Uh, and I'm wondering if the quarterback is going to play this week for Northwestern. He was banged up, didn't play this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, actually, they they were, I think they had a bye week. Yeah, they had, week. A, they had a they bye, had a bye week, week, but the yeah. previous week, he did not play in their win. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with Northwestern. But this is a game that they should win. Northwestern is not good. Of course, Pat Fitzgerald is no longer their coach. They're in a similar situation as Michigan State. In fact, I think these next three wins are very, very winnable. I think in the next three weeks, Nebraska should be bowl eligible. They're playing three teams that are not good. Uh, Northwestern, followed by Purdue. I think they'll be favored in all three of those games. I think they will be as well, unless they lose to Northwestern this Saturday. Right. Um, and the, these are also three games that they can um, cost themselves. Yeah. I don't think any of those three teams beat Nebraska if Nebraska does not beat Nebraska. It's it just the, the, you know, if you were here at a, at a craps table or playing you know, blackjack, the odds say that at some point you're not going to have six turnovers in a game. You know, you're not going to fumble them. The odds True. would say that well, you at know, some the, point. The odds also said that you would not lose every one of your nine losses by single digits. Right. And eight That's of the what nine I mean. by at some point. So it happened. Sometimes I'll sit down at a blackjack table if I know the last guy has lost 10 hands in a row, thinking it's got to turn at some point. <laughs> Hopefully it's hand 11, not 21, and I lose 10 in a row first, but... Um, I, I was sitting, uh, just a real quick gambling story. I was in Colorado at one time and I was playing the slot machine and I had no luck. I'd put 50 bucks in it and I was done for the night. I was done. So my brother says, uh, can I play that the machine? I go, yeah, you'll, you'll have no luck. He goes, do you have a dollar? I go, what do you, you don't even have a dollar? You know, I, I'm out. Gives him, <laughs> gave him a dollar, 700, pulls the thing, $700. He wins $700. He goes, here's your dollar. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's I mean, awesome. So that's almost like, I think Nebraska, it has to turn around. Yeah, It has totally to agree. turn around. I think it does for basketball too. Um, and, and you had given your starting five. Yes. And I, I think they're probably very similar. I think our, our starting fives are I probably similar. I have Jamarcus similar. Lawrence, uh, Bryce Williams, and Casey Tominaga, three-guard lineup, even though Bryce is kind of a forward. And then I have Jawan Gary and Rick Mask down low. That's my five. Off the bench, CJ Wiltshire, Josiah Alec, and uh, Jerron Boogie Coleman. The um, first three. There's going to be a un, if and if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of unhappy guys because this team is deep. Um, if you're not in that top eight, you're going to have to fight to get in the top and see, eight. And that's what I was asking Strick about. And I just don't think it's going to be a top eight. I think it's going to be a top twelve. I think it's going to be a top ten or eleven. And like what I alluded to with Strick is they're going to do line changes. I think they have the ability to do line changes. I think game one against Lindenwood or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, Doan's the exhibition, but 
I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Bryce Williams. I think it's going to be Jawan Gary, Jamarcus Lawrence, Casey, and Rank Mast. But then Josiah Alec, Matar Jop, Eli Rice, Boogie Coleman, and C.J. Wilcher come in, and it may not be Coleman, it may be Sam Hoiberg, or it may be Ramel Lloyd. You have 12 guys right. that realistically could be playing at the end of the game. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that's the top eight, but I, you could make an argument if Blaze Cada is is healthy. He, you could make I, an argument he's one of the first guys off the bench. And, and I have eliminated him just from everything that I'm reading and seeing. I don't. Uh, it doesn't I, it look doesn't good, look but I don't great. know. Yeah, we, we don't know anything. We haven't heard... Any updates of of the the ankle is not healing at all, or that it's going to be longer, or any of that. We we don't know anything, but um, I just I just have this weird feeling. Just as long as it's taken, there's something else weird that's going on there. Well, it hasn't been good, that's for sure. No, but but like I said, I I could see him. I could see Coach Hoiberg running two, basically not even starting fives, just lines. You know. You're gonna you're gonna have your first line and your second line, and you got two other guys that can play at a really high level. And oh, by the way, I left off Kale Jacobson. Uh, what he did over in Spain, I, he's a guy I think is going to get some minutes as I, well. I was about to say. I mean, he was playing a lot of center. He was playing all over the floor. He played all five positions. I think in one game alone. High basketball IQ. I think he can shoot the three. I think he could be kind of what. I mean, obviously a different body than what Hoiberg. Uh, Sam Hoiberg offers, but Sam Hoiberg, we don't, we don't mention him enough. I think he could be on the floor at the end of games again well, because that, he makes good decisions. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And if Aaron Eulis does get eligibility given back to him by the NCAA with the whole gambling thing, yeah. you know, then again, so I mean, there's that gets you to 13. And if Kata is healthy, 14 guys um, that realistically could do something for you. And to me, that's just insane. I put a, I put question marks beside a few guys because I don't know what they are or who they are yet. I don't know. I think Eli Rice is really talented. I don't know what his role will be this year. Uh, I think Cale Jacobson could be very valuable, but I don't know what his role is going to be this year. Eulis certainly fits in that category. Uh, what does the NCAA decide to do with him? Ramel Lloyd is coming off an injury. Um, Blaze Cada is coming off an injury. Mater Diop, I know they like him. Uh, great athlete, but he's, he's a freshman. So I don't know. He's a question mark for me. <clears throat> Matar Jop is going to dunk the ball. How do you pronounce it? Jop. Jop. Yep. Okay. Matar is going to dunk the ball. He is going to rebound the ball. And he is going to swat a lot of opposing team shots into the 15th row. They say he is an athlete they haven't had for a while. Yeah. Um, and he He's not a shooter, but he doesn't need to be on this well, team. And that's the whole thing. Let him go out and do what he does best today and teach him the rest of the game in practice and as time goes on and it, it, people with that much athletic ability, that's one of those where, you know, they start picking it up a little bit here and there, some post moves, et cetera. He can be an absolute force someday. Um, but like I said, I love this team. I love the makeup of this team. It seems everything that we're hearing from almost every single guy is that they get along. They get along great. Uh, you know, to me, from a, a chemistry standpoint, Boogie Coleman was a little worrisome, not yeah. because he was a bad guy, but because, You've already got a lot of great chemistry, and there's some new pieces that hadn't really been intertwined in Rink Mast and then Casey with the new guys because they were playing yeah. overseas. And all of that stuff that could have happened if everybody would have been you know, in town over the summer didn't happen. And then last minute, you bring in Boogie Coleman. Well, how's he going to... Everything right. I've heard is he's a guy that goes out and you know he has played one a hell of a lot of college basketball. He gets it. He knows what needs to happen. And he is just as talkative and as much of a leader as anybody. And maybe I'm worried a little too much about the point guard reason for point guard position for no reason. Uh, because last year they really didn't have one. Sam Greasel was not a true point guard. There were times that Derek Walker brought up the ball and he brought it up a lot. Emmanuel Bandamel kind of played that role sometimes. Those guys were all very good leaders. That's the thing they all had in common. Um, and it was interesting to hear C.J. Wiltshire talk this week, and he says, I learned a lot from those guys on how to be a leader. Uh, so whether he starts or not, I think he's going to be one of those guys that provides leadership. I think already Josiah Alec is uh, proven that he's he's one of the more vocal guys on this team. Rick Mass, I think, is the same way. Yeah, and uh, Josiah Alec, like I mentioned, he's like the linchpin from the defensive standpoint. Yeah. He had a quote at Big Ten Media Days, and he said, every single time a shot goes up, I go hit Eli Rice as hard as I can. 
I love that he, comment. He needs to understand what it is going to take to play. Because they'll hit you in this league. Yeah. And they're not calling fouls a lot in practice. They're letting them play, which yeah. is smart because there's going to be Big Ten games where we've all complained. We've complained in the past. Hey, he was fouled. So what? Play through it. Yeah. Um, because that's just the way the league is. Uh, I have this question about the Big Ten in general. And I was going to ask Rick, but I'll ask you. They have. It's a league that has not done well in the NCAA tournament. No. Uh, it consistently gets you know eight to ten teams in the dance, and then by the second weekend, there's maybe two or three teams left. Uh, and I believe the last national title is Michigan State, what 2001, something like that. Yep, it's been a long, long time for the Big Ten. Why is that, and will they get it turned around? Do you think in the tournament? I I wish I knew. I mean, you can sit there and say they beat each other up uh, during the the conference season. It's a twenty game slate. Um, and, and it's it's probably the most physical league. But at the end of the day, do you know what wins in the NCAA tournament? Old teams and teams that are have a ton of depth. And, and teams ton, usually that have point guards. And a ton of athletic ability. But, I, I'm not going to say that having a point guard is not, you know, very important. But at the same time, yeah. I don't think this team needs... Alonzo Verge, I don't think it needs... And now, if you had somebody the talent level of Brian Carr, right. hell yeah, bring him in. Um, but I I don't think they need a point guard. I, I just I, don't. I, I do agree with you on experience. In fact, Josiah Alex said it this week. He said, I played against San Diego State, uh, almost won a national title, was in the championship game. And the thing they have, they had, that reminds me of this team, is experience. Yeah, and that's my point. So everything that I described as to what teams win in the NCAA tournament, they're old. They, they are led by guys that have played a ton of college basketball. They are teams that have so much depth, and they're unbelievably athletic. Guess who I just described? Nebraska's 2023-2024 team. Now, I'm excited. do they put it I, together? I, chemistry workout, injuries stay away. They go on a run, get to the tournament, win some games. I don't know, but I think they've got more potential than they have since 1991. I, Actually, I know this, 99. This is a whippy answer, but I want to see them play. I just want to see them play, and... Um... I haven't yet, but I, I, I'm excited about the possibilities for this team in a big, big way. Same let's here. take a break, uh, and let's get to the Big Ten Blitz. Yep. We'll go through every Big Ten, uh, big Ten game. Uh, Mike will take a few, I'll take a few, and then we'll rank the teams coming up after this.